we've been talking about um, why church membership matters. Amen. Why does it matter? We've covered a lot of ground. We talked about worship. We spent some time in worship. Amen. And tonight I want to continue talking about the word of God. Amen. The second most important thing that you and I need to have in a church, amen, or being part of a church is that the word of God is being preached. Amen. So tonight, not just the word of God is being preached or taught, but that it's being taught accurately. So tonight I want to come from this idea. How do you know that you're sitting under healthy preaching? How do you know, or am I sitting under healthy preaching? Amen. It, it's a good question, right? Uh, there are a lot of churches. There are a lot of denominations. There are a lot of um, different organizations, entities, and all types of different things. Amen. Programs and ministries and power ministry and all these different things. But the question is, how do I know, how do I know that the word of God, that, that I'm sitting under healthy preaching? How do I know that the word of God is being preached there, right? So we talked about that one of the things that we have to do when we understand in, in, in church membership is worship. We come to worship, right? Uh, Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, I had to kind of crank us up a little bit. I was like, man, didn't I teach this on on Tuesday night? I said, now, hold on now. I got to go in here and kind of crank it up a little bit. Maybe it was because it was 4th of July and y'all were thinking about the barbecue pits and things like that. You know, like, man, I left that thing smoking. I wonder if it's going to be all right by the time I get home. Amen. But anyways, um, we what we want to do is we want to make sure that in our worship time, amen, that the worship is definitely a response from what you're about to receive, and that is the word of God. Are you with me? And so tonight, I want to look at some different passages tonight uh, from the scriptures. Amen. If you attend a church where the Bible is faithfully taught, amen, you will begin to see your life change. Listen to me real good. Your life does not change just because you worship. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you with something. Your worship is just a response from the word of God that is being taught to you every week, week in, week out, right? The word is the most important piece to your development, all right? Now, now, now there was uh, a, there's a passage of scripture, uh, the road to Emmaus, the, the road to Emmaus where Jesus was walking down the road of Emmaus and he was speaking to the disciples and they said, oh, did not our hearts burn when we heard the word of God? So saints, the one thing I want you to always develop, the first thing you have to develop is an appetite for the word of God. Now, the word does not always come to you um, where it makes you comfortable. The word of God is uh, a very delicate thing that needs to be handled a certain kind of way. And you as a worshiper, you as a believer, must understand that not everybody who preaches the word of God, who teaches of the word of God, knows what they're doing. You got to get you got to get down to that. You got to understand that. And the reason why I'm saying that to you tonight because you know what a lot of what we're hearing today is commentaries from other people about the word of God. What we're hearing today are opinions about the word and not an exegy of the word of God. Now remember uh, a couple months back, I taught you how, remember we went to seven weeks on talking about how to study the Bible. Remember that? And we talked about looking at context. We talked about making sure you understand who the author is, who wrote it. And then we talked about the difference between isoge and exoge. Now, isoge means that the person is reading into the word of God. 
So whatever church you're a part of, and the reason why you come to a church is you come so that you can get instructions from God's word on how to live your everyday life. Are you with me? But if the word is not accurately divided or if it's not presented in the way it's supposed in an exegetical uh, presentation, then you are being done wrong. I'm going to say it one more time. It's not your fault because guess what? You have placed your trust. Come on, say amen, y'all. You have placed your trust in what? In the what? Now we're going to talk tonight. In the what? In the preacher teacher, right? So so a lot of people say, man, pastor's hard, boy. He, he just hard on that word. He When you get up there to teach, boy, he... He tough on you. He tough on us, right? Yeah, and I am tough. And the reason I'm tough on that, because I believe that if you mess this up, you mess people's lives up. Amen. All right? Um, uh, there's a lot of churches having church, good church, and good church is based on worship. Amen. Good church is based on, you know, uh, uh, a fellowship, but and they may say, oh, man, it was a good word. It was a good word. But here's how you know if you're sitting under healthy preaching, okay? If you're sitting under healthy preaching. You ready? Ready? After you've had good church, after you've had good worship, you ready? Your life is changing. Your life is changing outside of church. Let me, let me rewind the tape real quick. Here's the thing. I told my wife the other not too long ago, I said, man, it's amazing that after worship on Sundays, Monday morning, I'm still hearing the I'm still hearing the music in my in my mind. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm still I'm still humming a little bit from come on, y'all. I, I, I just you could tell that it's anointed worship if that worship is carrying on with you. Now let me ask you a question. Can I ask a question tonight? Can I ask a question tonight? When you come to hear a word on Sunday, when you leave, do you hear it on Monday? Do, do you recall like, man, pastor said that. Man, that word, man, wow. Has anybody, has anybody experienced that? Any, any, yeah, a few of you. Just, just a few. You got to pay attention or do that, right? Here's the thing. The word is such a powerful thing. It's living. It's active, okay? And I'll show you that here in a minute. But you got to make sure that one of, one of the ways you can tell is that after Sunday, Monday comes around, but your life, after a while, you start changing. Certain things you don't do anymore, and it's not because of magic. It's because you've been sitting under the word of God. Are you with me? Go, go, go to 2 Timothy for me. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's, let's start here. I got a lot of scripture to cover tonight. 2 Timothy, I want to show you something. You have to make sure because if the church you attend, attend where the Bible is faithfully taught, uh, if it's sound doctrine, you will find it easy to follow. Second thing, you'll find it easy to follow it, the instructions. Man walked up to me after church, and he, yes, Sunday, he said, Pastor, what you just preached, and I preached a hard subject Sunday. He said, what you just preached, a little child could get. Uh, Mama, Mama Ambrose, I miss her. She used to say, now, if they don't get it, Pastor, then that means they ain't listening. Do I have a witness? He, she, said, she said, because you make it so simple that a child can get it. Do I have witness? And, and here's the thing. The word is not complicated. We complicate it. But make sure that if you're part of a church, that the word of God, and it, you, you, watch this. You're not just there, but you're listening. And you're not just listening, but you're hearing. That you're not just hearing, but you're applying. Listen, you got to listen, you got to hear, and you got to what? Apply. Are you with me? 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is Paul talking to Timothy. This is the last book that he was uh, writing to Timothy. A a upon his departure, he's about to die. He's about to be beheaded. And Paul writes to Timothy, warning Timothy about what's about to happen. 
right? Back up real quick to chapter 3, verse 1. Somebody just read the first verse for me. Let me show you something. The first verse. All right? Now, he's warning Timothy about what? <laughs> about what? Huh? Realize that what? Not just difficult times. Don't miss it. Whenever you read scripture, you got to catch everything, okay? He says, but realize that in the what? Ah. I watched uh, Dick Gregory. Did you know, HBO did this thing. Showtime did this thing on Dick Gregory. You guys know who Dick Gregory is? Young people, you don't know who Dick Gregory is, but... You should know who Dick Gregory is. He he was an activist, but 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 here's the problem that you have, right? You can be an activist without Jesus. You can you can do good for the world, but you don't have a word. And here's the thing: you could be 100% down for whatever, but if you don't have a word that go behind that, that don't mean nothing. You understand what I'm saying? And so he says, realize that in the last days, difficult times will come. And we, I believe, are in those times now. Here's what liberates a person. The word of God. The word unlocks you. The word, that's how I came. I came to Jesus through the preaching of the word of God. Amen. See, here's the thing. The other part, the other thing that you know, how you know that you're sitting on the sound doctrine, that the gospel is always preached. The gospel, the gospel. The gospel. You got to know the gospel, okay? Now, here's the thing. Here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to get into arguments over the word. People want to argue the word, okay? Watch this. Whenever, they, whenever a person starts arguing about the word, here's what I know already. I already know that they have a presupposition. You know what a presupposition is? Presupposition is something they believed before, and they've been believing that for a long time. They're not coming to me for help. They're coming to me to debate. So what you got to do is just cut that off and say, listen, okay, no problem, and make them think they're right because guess what? You could talk to them till they're blue in the eyes. If they won't submit to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, what it's actually saying, that's an argument, boo. That's a setup. You understand what I'm saying? And so here's the thing. Some people, they don't want to know. They just want to show you how much. Oh, come on, say amen. You got to know the trap, right? But watch this. I'm going to help you tonight. Look what he says. He says, for men will be lovers of what? Lovers of what? Money? Boastful? Arrogant? Revilers? Disobedient to parents? Ungrateful, unholy, <laughs> unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without, brutal haters of treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of what? Watch verse 5, y'all. This is why it's so important for you to come to Bible study. This is why it's so important for you to keep learning the word. Whatever church you're part of, wherever you're watching, make sure that they're teaching you the word. And make sure you don't fall into none of these categories. Watch the text. Watch verse 4. Verse four. I already did 4, right? Verse 5. Hold, watch verse 5 now. This is the part you got to watch out for. Holding on, holding to a form. Watch, watch this now. Watch where I'm going with this. Holding on to a form of what? To a form of godliness. Do you know I've met people who've been in churches that they've been deceived the whole time they were in church. Like literally, that they thought that they were really doing something for God. Let me tell you something. This is why we can't get so caught up on doing works that we miss the word. Come here, Martha. Uh, listen, we're cutting it off at a certain time. It's the word that I came to deliver. Amen. I want you to have the bread of life 
not just bread. Can I get an amen? Watch the text now. I want to show you something. Holding on to a form of godliness, although they have what? They have what? See, godliness has power. Watch this now. Another way you know is that from that word comes power. The power to change your life. Can I tell you something? The only thing that can change us is the word of God. They're holding on to a form of godliness, but they're denying the power of it. So in other words, they look godly, but they're not living godly. They look good in front of you. They talk a good talk, but their walk has no power. Do I have anybody? Watch the text. The text says, avoid such what? Mm. Avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into the household and cap what? Captivate what? Huh? Huh? See, godliness looks good on men. Uh-oh. And on women, too. But there's something about a godly man, but you got to watch out for those fakers out there who have a form of godliness. It could happen. He's like, man, I left the world. I left the club. I came to church. I thought he was, I thought he knew God. I thought he was the real deal, pastor. I thought he was, I thought... He, he was a preacher. He was a pastor. He was a, he was a deacon. He was a leader. He was this. He was that. He was this. He had a form of godliness, but you didn't check his record to see if he knew the word. Come on, say amen. amen. Weak women, weighed down with sin, led on by various what? Impulses. Watch the text. Watch verse 7. This is the part that really get me right here. If you're in a church where you're always learning and you ain't growing, boo, what's wrong with your ears? What's wrong with your heart? What are you weighed down with? Hmm. Oh, I'm by myself tonight. I see what I'm doing here. Watch what he says. Always what? Learning and never able, able to come to the knowledge. Can you imagine sitting in church for years and you ain't learned nothing? Absolutely nothing. So how you know you're sitting under healthy teaching is the fact that you're learning and you're growing. This is why I say get you a pen, get you a paper, get you a Bible, get you a notebook, right? And, and do what? And, and start bringing it to church so that, so that what? So that you can start growing, learning. Taking notes. Listen, when you take notes, it says that you are getting something, y'all. Do I have anybody? Watch this. Watch this. I want to back up here now. Back up. Where, where was we going in the first place? We were going chapter 4, weren't we? Goodness gracious, how did I end up over there? Go, go to chapter 4 now. <laughs> go. Go to chapter 4. We went to chapter 3. Go to chapter 4, verse 1. He says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of, and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. This is, a, this is the charge to the preacher. Preach the word. Let, let me give you a, a story about that. When I preached my first sermon some 27 years ago, I got out, I was nervous, already nervous. 
My pastor got behind. He said, "Now let me take note in the office." He said, "Let me." Let me. He was a real serious kind of guy, right? He, was, he didn't play, man. He didn't. He cut you. He didn't play. He said, "Man, let me tell you something. When you go out there, preach the word." Man, I, boy, I said, "Now nah, what?" Preach the word. He said, "Don't preach what you know. Don't preach your ideas. Don't preach. Don't preach no. Preach the word. Don't preach the newspaper. Preach the word, man." And he said. You can't preach the word, then you don't preach. You sit down. Preach the word. And it's crazy how many preachers today, they're lazy. Let me just talk about it right quick now. And what they're doing, saints, and I mean, let me break, let me break the silence right quick. Okay, I'm going to be the whistleblower. Watch it. You know what they're doing? They're fooling y'all. Not y'all. I'm saying y'all or whoever. They're fooling y'all. What they're doing is they're getting up here on from, from Saturday. What they did is it's called a Saturday night special. It's called preaching off the cuff. I'm, I'm, I'm blowing the whistle. They're preaching off the cuff. In other words, they're just getting up here, whatever the Spirit give me. And they're just delivering to you, and you just, whoo! Oh, my God. Whoo, Lord, I'm a good preacher. Woo, Lord, I, 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 and I'm up here, I study, I, man, I, I do it, I, man, listen, I spend hours on this stuff, okay, and everybody sit there. <laughs> but this joker, ah, Pastor Preach, Preach, Pastor, woo, that was a word. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Y'all got to help me out tonight. Come on. Help me out. Come on, say amen. Say something. Come on, y'all. I'm, I'm trying to cue y'all. Y'all ain't getting the cue. What kind of nonsense? Listen, them Saturday night specials, and these guys really believe that they are doing it, okay? And, and listen, and when they open this word, they don't know what they're talking about, y'all. I'm not saying every pastor's like that. I'm not saying every deacon's. I'm not saying every preacher's. That's why we have our deacons teaching in this church because the Bible clearly says that deacons ought to be able to teach. They're not preachers. They're teachers. Amen. And here's the thing. And if you feel like God has given you the gift to teach, then you are in a church where you can be trained to teach. That's the crazy thing about it. We have a whole Bible college here that everybody should take advantage of. Watch it so that you can know the difference between goobly gosh and the real thing. You've got to know the difference between fake gold, fool's gold, and the real thing. Are you with me? Look what he tells him. He tells him, listen, here's what I want you to do, man. I charge you in the presence of God. Preach the word, man. Now back it up. He says, I solemnly charge you. It's a charge in the what? In the presence of God. Do you know that every time you hear the word of God, let me, well, let me clue you in on something. It's not the preacher up here. It's the Holy Spirit preaching through the preacher. And that's why you can't be like, oh, that ain't my pastor. I ain't listening to him. Because what you're doing now is you're grieving the Holy Spirit. So you have to not only have ears for your pastor, but if the pastor says, I want you to preach, you ought to accept what the pastor put up here because he's the one that's watching the house. You with me? You accept what he puts here to, f f you know, for you to feed you. But here's the thing, y'all. Whenever you're in the presence of preaching, you're in the presence of God. I'm going to say it one more time. Whenever you're in the presence of preaching, you're in the presence of God. God's spirit is working through the preacher. This is why the preacher has to preach the word and nothing else. Watch the text. The text says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge what? The living and the dead, and by his appearing and his what? Kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready. What? In season. And in other words, I don't get no days off. If I call a preacher in our church, preachers in our church, they already know. Every month they got to put together a message, whether they're preaching or not. I ain't seen nothing in a while, but here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing, right? Uh, yep, yeah, that's truth. Uh, here's the thing, right? 
you got to be ready. Make sure that you are a member that knows that your preacher is ready. Oh, come on, help me now. Don't be a person who sits here and say, oh, yeah, well, he sure did preach today. What did he preach? Tell me, tell me what he said. Be ready in season. So it's the responsibility, not just on the congregation, but the responsibility of the pastor, the preacher, whoever stands behind this sacred desk. His job is to be what? Be ready. Pray for your pastor to always be what? Ready. Be ready when? In season. Even on my off season, I'm preaching. Amen. Look what he says. He says, now, now look what he says now. He says, I want you to what? See, people want church. You know what people, kind of church people want? People want nice churches with nice people, with nice members, and nice buildings, and nice chairs, and all that kind of stuff. They like nice stuff. But when it comes down to this, look what he says. Look what he says. What, what is the responsibility of the pastor preacher through the word of God? He says what? Reprove. What? Notice, notice. He says he starts off with a negative, right? Here's, here's the other thing. Here's, here's, another, here's another way you can tell you're sitting under healthy preaching. Ready? You feel conviction. Write it down somewhere. You feel conviction. Because if every time I get up here, or every time you hear a word from that, well, everybody, we're just going to be uh, good people, and uh, every day it's going to be positive. You're going to have a wonderful life. It's never going to stop being wonderful. And then from the moment you hit some trials, you're like, what happened? What happened to that life? Let me tell you something. That's a setup. Because it's a setup because it's not realistic. You know why? Because you no longer belong to the enemy. You belong to God. And watch this. The enemy wants to set you up with unrealistic expectations about God and the word of God. Watch this now. And then when stuff go bad, you mad at God. What a perfect setup from Satan perfect setup. But he told me, he told me it would be great. He told me I could live my best life now. He told me that favor is coming. <laughs> favor didn't show up at all today. All you got was some this and that and trouble and trials and temptation and, and, and all this other stuff. And you're wondering, where is God in all of this? Because I don't, don't, I don't blame you. I blame the pulpit for that. For having you to have an a unrealistic expectation. Are you with me? Look what he says now. He says what? He says, I want you to rebuke, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience. You know, the pastor has to be a patient. Listen, listen I, the Lord has blessed me with patience. I promise you, I was the last person on planet Earth to be patient. Okay? But the Lord has blessed me, amen, and grew me a little bit to wait. Because some of you, I'm still waiting on you. Still waiting for God to change you. Still waiting for God. And that's the difference, you see. See, here's the thing. You, you don't let me down when you mess up. Because I'm patient with you. Because God is patient with you. So when you let me down or when you let God down, remember this. God is what? Patient. His anger is but for a what? Ah. Join me Sunday. I got the rest of that story. Watch the text now. He says with great patience and what? And instructions. And what? Instructions. So when you sit under a church that's preaching the word, not only will they rebuke. You ever been to a church where it's all rebuke? Anybody? Anybody been to church? It's all rebuke. And then you go to a church where it's all exhort. Ah, you see it? It's all exhortations. Oh, yeah. Woo, God. All that, like I said, right? But then watch this. You have to have balance. There's a time to reproof. Some people don't like coming to my office. I said, come here, let me talk to you. They come in the office, they think I'm about to <laughs> rebuke them or something like that. But that's not what it is. See, here's the thing. God 
understands you and I are sheep. And we have a prone, we're prone to forget to forget. So this is why he says, I want you to be patient, Pastor, with the people, because guess what? You gotta watch out for people. I just switched that. Uh, you gotta watch out for people. <laughs> Listen to me real good. Who are not patient with your process. Because not all of us grow at the, at the same rate. So in a church, we're going to have all kinds of different members at different levels. That's why you got to be careful, preachers, leaders, when you're talking to people, keep it on a spiritual level. Don't bring it down to a secular level. Uh-huh. Because you don't realize that that person... Based on their conversation, if you go along with them, then it proves that you're, you're just carrying a position. I just said something. There's a lot of leaders in church who are just carrying a position. They're not mature. So you can't get into the same conversation. You have to be an example. Are you with me? He says what? He says, with great patience and instructions. Verse 3, look at verse 3. And this is the time that we're in right now, y'all. This is the time. I don't want to call no names. For the time will come when they will not endure what? Sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears what? Tickled. They will accumulate through YouTube for themselves. Didn't say that. Did they say that? It did say you too. Accumulate for themselves. I'm probably the least watched pastor on YouTube. <laughs> y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, come on, y'all, laugh with me. Well, y'all, y'all didn't even catch the joke yet. Listen, when you listen, listen. <laughs> They, they want to accumulate for themselves what? Teachers in accordance to their what? So in other words, they get to, they get to have preaching on demand. Didn't, didn't, the, didn't God see this? Woo! Come on, y'all. Y'all should have shouted right there. Didn't God see this happen? This was written 2,000 years ago. And he says in the last days, which we're living in right now, they will accumulate teachers, watch this, in accordance to their own desires. So you got teaching on demand. So if I, if I don't, no, I don't want to hear what he got to say, I'm going to go to that one. I don't want to hear what she has, he has to say, I'm going to go to that one. I don't want to hear what he has to say, I'm going to go to that one. And you got a whole playlist of all kinds of stuff that, watch this, you're listening to everybody else but the one who feeds you every Sunday. How in the world you're going to listen to T.D. Jakes and oh, it, I didn't mean to call no names. And your playlist is so played out with everybody else, but you don't never listen to what you heard on Sunday from the pastor that you say feeds you. Maybe it's too convicting for you. So you have to whet your appetite with other things. Too many voices, too many different doctrines, too many different people saying different things. And let me tell you something. you got to be careful because that's a setup from the enemy. The Bible says they want teaching on demand. Verse 4, and will turn away, watch this, their ears from what? I'm having too much fun tonight. I promise you I'm having too much fun tonight with two scriptures. They turn their ears away from maybe it's truth that you're deflecting. Maybe it's the truth that you're running from because truth has a way of confronting hmm, the things in your life that needs to be changed. Do I have a witness? 
Look what he says. He says, and they will turn their ears. Notice their ears. So watch this. So being in church, you got to not just worship, but you got to have, so you got to open your ears. To what? That's why God gave you two of them. <laughs> just in case you didn't catch it on the left side. You can catch it on the left side. The right side. I'm sorry. Look what he said. Turn their ears away from, from the truth and will turn aside to what? That's why I told you stop arguing with people who come to you like, oh, yeah, well, the word. Man, go on with that, man. Just, just go on with that. I already know. There's one way to God, and that's through who? Jesus Christ. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. He died, he was buried, he rose again from the dead, and he's coming back for you. If you believe that, you're saved, sealed, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you're going to heaven. Now you have the power to live and overcome his life. Now you have the power to do something different. Now you have the ability to listen to the truth. Because before, these are people who used to hear the truth. Don't be that person that used to hear the truth and now you're listening to myths. You listen, you're listening to stuff that's not real. Stuff on demand. Watch this. But you be what? Sober in all things. You know the Bible uses that word sober several places. Right? Now, the word sober means that you're not controlled by anything because you can overconsume false doctrine. You can overconsume things where the, the world, you can get drunk with the world. You follow what I'm saying? There's a lot of things you can be consumed by, and the Bible tells us don't, do not con let yourself. Get consumed by that. Okay? L look what he says. he says. He says, endure hardship. Do the work what? Of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. He says, for I am already being poured out. This is Paul about to die. You, when it, let, me, let me say this. You can always tell where a person's heart is when they're right about to die, what their last words are. Their last words matter. This is Paul's last words. He was getting ready to be hung upside down. Die. He says, I'm being poured off, poured, poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has what? Has come. Verse 7. I fought the good fight. Oh, I can't wait to say that one day. I have finished the what? The course. What else? I have kept the faith. It's a remedy. It's a remedy. Fight the good fight. It's a remedy. Keep your faith. Look at verse, look at verse 8. In the future, there's laid up for me hope. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Paul is looking future. He has a he has a he's in an earthly body with a heavenly mind. And he's thinking about what he will receive in due season that God will reward him with a crown. I shall wear a crown when it's all over. He says, I'll, I'll be awarded this. He's looking for the prize. He's looking to the finish line. He's saying to, he's saying to us, to Timothy, he's saying to us, fight the good fight. Don't you get caught up with itching ears. When the enemy tries to pull you and say, man, that word ain't what, man, that past ain't about nothing, man. He ain't talking about nothing. Those things come through people's minds more often than you know. Are you with me? Watch the text. He says, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Are you with me? But I want you to look at verse 9. He says what? Hmm? 
to come to me soon. I just want to show you verse 5 right quick. Verse 10 real quick, just the first part. For Demas, having what? Has what? He loved this present. Well, see, Demas used to walk with Paul, ministered to Paul was a disciple of Paul, but he stopped listening to the word that Paul was teaching him, but he fell in love with the world. There's some good people in church, man, but they love the world more than they love the Lord. So they don't want to be in church. They want to be everywhere else but church because they think church is a sentence. Church ain't no sentence. Church is the best thing that has ever happened to all of us. Thank God for the church. But when we come, we come to hear a word from God. Go to 1 Timothy real quick, real quick, real quick, and we're done. 1 Timothy, so we went to, I showed you Paul at the end of his life. Let me show you Paul at the beginning of, of, of his instructions to young Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor of a church. He was pastoring older people. Right, And so Paul had to school him a little bit because Paul left him there. Paul started that church, left him there to pastor this church, but he was going through all kinds of difficulty as a pastor, and he was giving him good instructions. Right, That's why I was saying to you, saying, young Timothy, man, don't be lazy. Be ready in season and out. Now you get the context. You know, he said, man, be ready. And I say to you as members of the church, brothers and sisters, be ready. Man, pick up your word every day. Read it. If you don't have understanding, ask questions. But you know that you're sitting under healthy preaching if you're not deserting the church. Write it down. That's my next point. I don't know how many points I gave you. This is my last one. Six, six, chapter six. Man, I, I don't think I'll ever get through this stuff. So much to teach y'all. Chapter 6. Um, hmm. Yeah, let's go to verse 1. How about that? What does it say? You know what he's talking about here. When he says, all who are under the yoke as slaves ought to, be, uh, ought to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. He says, if you were in a slave situation, which they had slavery back then, but it wasn't like slavery like that, but it was a common thing. Follow what I'm saying? Paul says, don't trip because you're a Christian now. He says, you may be a slave, but you're free. And what he's saying is, and let me bring it up to 2021 right quick. Some of you say, I ain't no slave. Yes, you are. You're enslaved to crack. You're enslaved to alcohol. You're enslaved to cigarettes. You're enslaved to negativity, uh, sex, uh, movies. I mean, just all kinds of stuff we're enslaved to, right? He said, but listen, when God sets you free, you're free. But he says, don't go out in the world and, and be a bad example. That's what he's saying. He said, listen, he said, so that, so that our doctrine will not be spoken what? Against. Look at verse 2. Those who have what? Believers as their master. See that? See, now he says now, first it was the slave being a believer. Now the master is what? Those who have what? Masters, uh, believers as their masters must not be what? Just because y'all think, well, See, this is what happens. Commonality will kill you, man. People think that, you know, you, you let me give you an example, right? You, you are an employer, right? I'm just trying to bring it up to 21 so you understand. You're an employer, right? And you are a believer, right? And you hire some people from the church. You know what, you know what most people say? They'll never hire nobody from the church because they get too common with you. They think they can run over you because you're nice. No, look what the Bible says. The Bible says, listen, those of you who have believers, those who have believers as their masters will not be disrespectful to them because they are what? Brethren. But must what? Serve them all the more. Because those who partake of the benefit are what? 
believers and beloved teach and preach these principles. See? See? Look at verse 3. If anyone, watch this now, advocates a different doctrine. Let me tell you what doctrine is. Doctrine is teaching. So tonight what I'm teaching you is the doctrine of the word, word of God. Bibliology. I'm teaching you about the doctrine of the word. Those are teachings. How to take it from the word and then apply it, principles to your life. That's what I've been teaching tonight. Look, he said, and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with a doctrine, what? Conforming to what? See, see, here's the thing. Again, when you're sitting under whatever sound teaching, you begin you start conforming to godliness. Let me let me illustrate what godliness is, okay? So I want you to think about uh, godliness and righteousness in the same um, category, all right? So you got godliness and you got righteousness. So, so what I what I always say is this: write this down somewhere, okay? This this going to help you because you you say I'm not a godly person. I'm not a people think being godly means you dressed up, <laughs> and then you, then you I, amen. To God be the glory. <laughs> seriously, seriously. People think godliness, that, that. Look at her, she drinking. Shoot, I ain't, I ain't fooling. Mm -mm. That's judging. That's what that is. Okay? Godliness and righteousness are cousins. So here's how you break down godliness and righteousness so you can apply. Ready? Righteousness means right living. Godliness means good living or godly living. So you're living a godly life. What is a godly life? A godly life means you're doing what? The right thing. <laughs> In other words, it's not easy. It's not hard to discern what's right and what's wrong. Did you take the water? Let me see. Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to? Am I going to? Am I going to lose my job? No, I didn't take the water. That ain't godly living. That ain't right living. You just lied. Because nobody's good, but you can tell the truth. Oh, come on, help me, somebody. So did I take the water? Yes. And you accept what? The consequence. Because the consequence, watch this, is for your actions. Do I have witness? So here's the thing. He says that the teaching, if it doesn't conform you, and I'm quitting. I, if I look at this again, I got more to go. I ain't going to look at it no more. And we got to get out of here. Watch it while it's daylight. Watch this. If the teaching is not conforming you, transforming you into godly living and right living, then that word is not right. It's a different doctrine. If, it, if, if, it, if the teaching is causing you to not look at yourself, how many of you came here and you, know, you got to look at yourself? How many of you came here and you weren't looking at yourself? Nobody? How many of you came here and you were not looking at yourself? But then all of a sudden you start sitting under teaching. Now you. How many of you are conforming? Let me see. Let me see all the people who are conforming to righteousness, to God. Listen, and here's the thing about righteousness, right? You don't have to make up your own righteousness. You just, the Holy Spirit will say, no, that ain't right. You see, you see what I'm I used to go to the store, and when I got changed, when they get overchanged me, I'd be like, oh, that's a blessing. <laughs> I, I used to go to the store, and they didn't check out the water. You know, the, I used to put the water at the bottom. And I was like, oh, that's a blessing. I turn right around. I go back in the store. And one time, the manager said, you are the first person. I've been here 20 years. To turn around and say, and it wasn't I'm trying to show something. To do. It was the conviction. It was like all of a sudden I stopped watching bootleg movies. 
<laughs> Stop buying DVDs from in front of the Chinese store. You, you, front of the, I mean, in front of the, uh, the corner store. <laughs> Y'all with me? It's certain things that godly living, and, and then all of a sudden, you start like changing. Like all of a sudden, you because every time you come, you hear a word, you're taking notes, and then your life is being conformed. You're conforming to the scripture. It's not, and then watch it, and then folk around you, she thinks she all that shit. No, no, I ain't all that. I ain't nothing. You don't understand. I did the work. I went and sit down. I didn't have to do a lot of work now. I, I drove. I sat down. Come on, somebody. I, I stopped being busy like Martha, mm. and I sat at the feet of some people, when the word is being put, their mind is everywhere. <laughs> Sit at the feet of Jesus, y'all. And you will begin to conform. Listen, for a long time, preaching has been diluted. People have been misled. All right, now I ain't going to say nothing. I always say that and then I say it, right? I ain't going to say nothing. But I've heard from people that tell me, man, man, I don't believe in the church no more. I don't. I don't go to church. What makes you different than the next guy? You know, and, and, and all I could say about that is I would say, I, I said, I said, hey, man, you just got to be around me for a while to see if I'm real or not. That's the bottom line. I can't, I don't want to pretend to be something that I'm not. I struggle with certain things in my life. But I struggle before you and I show you how to overcome. Some of you watch me go through sickness. Come on, y'all. Some of you have watched me mature as a pastor. You understand what I'm saying? So, 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 listen, how can your eyes be wide open and you see a change, but it ain't happening for you? It means you're not listening. Or you're not conforming. If you're not conforming and you're sitting under sound teaching, then there's something be wrong with you. I was going to read that scripture to you all night. Out of the book of Zechariah. And what it says, it says something like this. It said, that the people, their hearts became so hard that they would sit under the word, but they would remain the same. I want to challenge you tonight to do this. Gauge your growth. Ask yourself a question. When you walk out these doors today, are you going to walk out the same or are you going to walk out like you've been somewhere where God's presence was? Amen? Amen. To God be the glory for the great things that he has done.